Thick and Fabulous with Chantella Whitfield is all about women, especially women of color in our 40s and older. I sit down and have open and honest conversations about love, sex, relationships, our children, and the world around us in a safe and judgment-free space. Sit back, relax, and embrace being Thick and Fabulous. And welcome to Thick and Fabulous with Chantella Whitfield. Um, today we're gonna be kind of serious, um, because we're talking about trauma and we're talking about trauma at a young age. And I have brought my new found friend in, Miss <laughs> Lauren Downing. How are you? I am good. Let me go back and put 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 some respect on your name, <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Lauren. <laughs> Look, I almost had to be like, wait a minute. I mean, if you break your elbow, I can't help you in that regard. But, but. yes, you can help this man. That's, that's going to be a whole lot right there. So um, I like to start the show and allow you to say as little or a lot about yourself. Who are Who is Lauren? Dr. Lauren. Yeah, yeah. So um, my name is Lauren Downey, and I am the owner and founder of the Trauma Informed Counseling Center. Um, I have a doctorate de- degree in counselor education, and I am a licensed professional clinical counselor and supervisor here in the state of Kentucky. Yes. <laughs> and she's good. And she's good. She's good in what she's doing. That's Thank why you. I got her in here today, because um, our kids are going through a lot. Oh, well, their little hearts. They really yes. are. And, you know, and we can't, as parents, sometimes we have a difficulty tapping in. <laughs> Tapping into what they need, especially in Absolutely. the African-American community. You won't Fact. just pray about stuff and leave it be and you can't. And you don't, cut it. Right. And you don't want your kids in therapy because you don't want nobody knowing your business. So we're we going to put it. We're going to when you know better, you do better. So we're going to put it into that, which is why you are here. Yes. Yes. Um. So let's see. I don't even know where to start. Um. If I should start off with numbers or not. Yes, let's start there because I I found this interesting. We're gonna talk start off with uh suicide rates. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. let's see. I have found that it is the eleventh leading cause of death in the U.S. It is the third leading cause of young people between fifteen to twenty four years old. And in twenty twenty one, forty eight thousand one hundred and eighty three Americans died by suicide. Mm-hmm. By suicide. Boys are four times likely to die from suicide than girls. Mm -hmm. And girls are more likely to attempt suicide than boys. And in all of that, guns are used more than half uh, of the time with youth in suicide. That's alarming. It's hard. Yeah. It's really, really grim. So I want to talk about we're talking about the trauma what is the difference between trauma counseling or therapy and just regular therapy yeah yeah. if there is a difference there is there is um yeah so the main difference and what i explain to a lot of the clients that i work with and serve is that when you're dealing and going to trauma counseling you're specifically going to counseling to see a provider who's been trained to help you identify and treat let's say adverse childhood experiences. So mm-hmm. if you had something real trauma, traumatizing happen, a death, a traumatic death, a car accident, even um, you got robbed or anything like that, 
that is specifically designed when you work with the counselor to talk about how it happened, when it happened, how you feel in your body when you think about what happened versus general counseling for, you know, just everyday things. You know, you're not going to be exploring um, mm-hmm. trauma, if you will. So that's the primary difference, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. It does. Um, so with our children experiencing so much death at a very young age, I can't even remember when I was younger, when I first mm. went to a, a funeral or right, right. And somebody that, that person yeah. in the casket. Yeah. 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 These kids are seeing their in kindergarten. Yeah. Their friends are, are leaving this earth. Um, and it's either by gun violence or suicide. Um, what what does that conversation sound like when you have to explain mm-hmm. to your per, your little one or even a teenager that they're not coming back? Yeah, there's no coming. What does that conversation kind of sound like? Um, it's a hard conversation yes. to start off. Yeah. Um, very very difficult for a lot of the parents that I work with. So in um, the work that we do. You know, not only are we often working with the child, but we're also working with the parents. Mm-hmm. So as much as we're providing insight and feedback and trauma counseling to the kiddo, we're providing just as much information and psychoeducation on the back end to the parents. So they can kind of know how to navigate and how to best support um, that child. So with that in mind, you know, in the office, we use a lot of books. So there's a lot of great books out there when they're really oh, wow. young. It's difficult to kind of have that conversation. They're looking at you like... What? what death and what happened to grandma or what happened right. to my brother? Um, and it's a lot easier to be like, let's read this really lovely book with Jimmy and Sarah in it. And they're going to tell us a little bit about what it looks like when somebody goes to heaven and using that as a sounding board and mm-hmm. then just kind of following up day in and day out. You know, are you having any thoughts like Jimmy was in the book that we read the other night? And it's a lot easier when they see, you know, kids are visual and um, a lot of kids love a good story time or a game or what have you. And so using those tangible items is really, really helpful for the younger ones. That's what about for the older ones? Um, The older ones, it, it can be a tricky game, mm-hmm. but what I often encourage a lot of parents to do is just keep asking the questions. Maybe on time one, or time two, or time three, you may not get that feedback, mm-hmm. but if you keep asking it and keep leaving the door open, eventually they will come through it. I agree. I agree. I, I, I often share my own personal stories because this is how I come up with these shows. It's because stuff that's happened to me. Um, when my mom passed, mm-hmm. my son was kind of just stern about yeah. I didn't want to be around nobody right I'm, I'm good. good I'm, I'm good, good. Mm-hmm. and then one day I'm in the kitchen washing dishes and he comes in and he's his mom and I'm like yeah and I never turned around mm-hmm. you know like we do thought he was gonna ask me something he's like no mom and I turned around and he just ran to me and hugged me and just cried yeah I was shocked I didn't know what to do because I'm like he doesn't normally do this, but okay, just hold him. Yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna cradle him. <laughs> it was, and he was just finally, I want to say, six months after my mom yeah, had passed, yeah. that he just. There's he, often a delayed onset too, yes. so everything's like, oh, they're not doing anything. It's we're a month out, and you know they ain't said nothing, and they're not. It takes people six, eight, sometimes a year before the brain and the body really connect with, oh, oh, they really. They're gone. Christmas done came. My birthday done came. They really ain't here. Like, yeah. 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 
and they're not coming back from it. So do you think the kids are becoming desensitized to violence and how do we help our kids become empathetic Mm. for one and realize that death is real and it's not a game? Like you don't get any more lies. Yeah. You can't pay for it and get more lies. Right, right. There is no second one or two or three extra lives yes. to buy or purchase, unfortunately. I wish there were. Yes. Um, Lord. With that said, you know, I really, really, so me and my family, we sit down and watch the news together. So we only mm. do news one time, and that's in the evening um, after dinner. Uh-huh. And so that's when we kind of use that time. Like, oh, gosh, you know, we feel really bad about what's going on in um you know, in the other country and all oh, I feel bad about Hamas and what are they doing? You know, so we have those discussions like, oh, my gosh, do you hear about what happened to so and so? So really kind of making those connections, not only across the world, mm-hmm. but also in our own neighborhood and kind of bringing it back home to, uh, well, I still miss Grandpa a lot. Yes, yeah. my father um, last summer and really just finding the connections that put us all together as a way to kind of make it seem more real, because unfortunately, kids have the phones at their fingertips so there's all kind of violence on there um you turn on the tv there's wars and this and that has happened you know i mean i can't even imagine like none of that was present when i was a child i remember when the twin towers guy hit and i remember thinking like oh my i just thought i just i just couldn't i couldn't wrap my mind around it that's the first thing i'd ever heard about like something bad or people mass amount of people dying before that for nothing Nothing. Yeah. I really was not even aware. It wasn't a war. No, no. And so to the kids today who have to look at that every day, that type of trauma and knowing the mass amount of people that are just losing their lives every day, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine how that feels. And so, again, broaching it with them, bringing it back home, I mean, you know, to family, friends, then also asking them how they feel about the war, what they think about what happened to those hostages, what mm-hmm. have you, to see what their take is on it. Because they have interesting takes often. <laughs> yes, they do. And, and, it's, and I, I have to say that kids today are more boisterous about things. Yes. Like what's true. right and what's wrong. Right, and like, right. You know, they'll say it where we, mm-hmm. we wouldn't. Right. I'm like, oh, my God, you, can, you can't say that to an adult. <laughs> and they're like, no, that's not right. That's wrong. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's well, like, well, okay, I'm okay. Out. It's like, what? So I, I appreciate that from them, um, but it's it's a hard balance. I it think. is. It it's, is. It's a really really hard balance. So what do you? I want to ask this about youth with the PTSD mm-hmm. because now you're seeing all this. You're bombarded with it every day, like you said, mm-hmm. on the phone, on the TV. It's your everywhere. friends are talking about yeah. it. Heck, you might even just be standing there and something happens. And something Absolutely. happens. So, how do you? What do parents need to look out for when mm. when their kid is starting to experience trauma or act out the trauma? Yeah, yeah, or present with yeah. Um, PTSD symptoms. I mean, it can come in many, many forms. So, not only is just having anxiety or having depression symptoms more common and harder to pick up on unless they're having like a flat out like panic attack. So, you know, panting, um, 
tight, they're saying tightness in the chest or difficulty breathing. They find they might have a heart attack, essentially, which is very, very rare for a child. So more than likely they're having mm-hmm. a panic attack. Um, some other ones are, you know, trouble getting to sleep, staying asleep. You know, you hearing them, you know, having a lot of intense dreams or kind of speaking when they're in, when they are at in REM sleep. So, mm. you know, they're having some intense dreams um, is a common symptom for for a kiddo. And so just knowing and kind of identifying like, oh, it looks like or they're waking up and they're like super sleeping. It's like you went to bed at like eight. How right. are you just like still tired? <laughs> but if they're not getting restful sleep and they have a lot on their mind, they're having intense recollections or any kind of flashbacks at bedtime, which is a common occurrence. It tends to come at bedtime and the mind's trying to get at rest. That's when it kind of wakes up and mm-hmm. wants to remind you of everything awful that happened. Um, kind of picking up on some of that and knowing like, oh, you may... Maybe it's more than just the anxiety that we were thinking of. It might be something more serious, and we need to kind of talk about what that is. And so that's when parents can kind of start being detectives and doing a little digging. What's Mm. what's going on, or how are you feeling, or... I feel like you, I heard you wake up last night and you went to the bathroom a few times. Everything okay? What's going on there? And have it, have that conversation. Keep yeah. the doors open. Keeping the door open. Don't, don't, I had to learn this. Um, don't, um, not devalue. What, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> dismiss. Yes. Don't dismiss what they're saying is, oh, you're fine. It was just a bad dream. Yeah. Like, yeah. Really well, happy. What, what was the dream about? Yeah. Well, when did it happen? Yeah, yeah. Did you? I woke up in a cold sweat. You know, you're you'll be shocked the details you can get. Again, if you keep on going back, maybe they'll give little little crumbs each mm-hmm. time, but eventually you'll get the full story. Just, and then once you have it, you know, what do y'all want to do with do that? What are you want to do yeah, with it? Yeah. How do they need to be supported? So, um, like we were talking about the suicide numbers rising in our youth and at a very long, young age because. There are elementary kids killing themselves, which is it, in my head. It's just like, how Hard can life? Yeah, digest because it's like, how is life that bad yeah. in kindergarten? But it is. Um, but how do we as parents in a village mm. help the babies through their trauma and and let them know? what it is that they're feeling and how to fully understand and comprehend it on both ends. Yeah. Yeah. When kiddos are super young, um, again, using the resources and really just helping them connect with their feelings. I mean, I've seen a seven or eight year old and they're experiencing legitimate, true and utter sadness, immense, Mm -hmm. immense sadness. You know, that's what they're picking out on what we call in therapy and what we use is called this feeling wheel. So it mm-hmm. has, um, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 emotions on it, you know, and so they can go through and pick which ones they're feeling. And I mean, there's so many kids out there who experience immense and deep sadness, AKA depression, if you will. So whether it be, you know, family dynamics, maybe it's, um, you know, genetically um, stuff's going on with the kiddo. But either way, um, knowing that they're that, that sad, Mm -hmm. not that I'm ever about, I'm not a big on like the medication for kiddos, especially when the brain is still developing. Um, But if we're talking about that level of immense, immense sadness, you know, I've never been above telling a parent, you know, do what you got to do, what's best for, you know, we've been doing the therapy for the past two, three, four, five months. And, you know, they're still experiencing and saying like, you know, there is no change. Um, 
And it's like, yeah, we may need to explore medication. But on the other front, when kiddos are that, that sad, it probably and typically is a genetic factor. And then we really do want to talk about what does it look like for the long haul for that kiddo? Oh, wow. You know, because genetically they may just have that imbalance. imbalance. Mm -hmm. And so it's about not only therapy, but what types of coping skills, what brings them joy in that regard. Um, You know, what do they need from their parents to feel loved and supported? Um, you know, in bigger families, even sometimes some, depending on the kid, they feel, they feel lost in the shuffle. Mm -hmm. They don't feel valued as much. They don't feel like anybody can hear them. Um, and so sometimes I've encouraged parents too. I, I'm not telling them like, Oh, try to dedicate all your time to little Bobby because you know how sad he is. Like I get it. That's not going to be super realistic. And so with that in mind, you know, what about, what about the auntie? I mean, like you said, it takes the village. Yes. What about getting him into the YMCA? He can, he can connect with his coach there and be around some lovely peers every other week for basketball games. They go out for pizza. So finding other ways to incorporate and build that child up. Cause I know it can't always happen in the home. Right. So then it's like, well, what do we do community wise yes. to maybe support that kid? So they still feel loved and supported. Cause I have a lot of clients, adult ones that'll say, uh, you know, my go-to person was my aunt growing up, right. you know, mama was busy and she was kind of on one. So I would always go to my, my aunt, aunt or right. I would go to my mom's best friend because she understood me more. She yes. would never judge me, you know, and, and so she's not going to tell, right. She's going to tell on me. Right. You know, I don't get no trouble. I'm going to ground it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's so it really made up the difference for everything that mom really couldn't do. Yes. That best friend or that aunt of the mom was able to come in clutch. And so the village really does matter. Yeah, because we've gotten so far away from it. Literally. There's some stuff that, you know, you would do down the street, and by the time you got home, basically, they done already called and said, (laughs) are they coming out the house to get you? It was everybody raised the kids. Yeah, And they protected the children, but it's not Not like like that that anymore. I mean, I was with my friends outside all day from the minute I woke up and got dressed until the streetlights came came on. on. And then was like, oh, I'm going to Sasha's house. Her mom said I come over there and eat dinner or and it's just not. It's not like not even not even close. Everybody's got a phone in their hand. Right. Yeah, that's true. I I just don't get it. So um, this anxiety, I want to back up and talk about that real quick, real quick, because more kids are having anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's even a, I didn't even know that was a thing <laughs> until I got diagnosed with it. <laughs> but these kids are like, we would go outside and play all day. Yeah. These kids not doing that. They can't do that. <laughs> yeah. And they're having panic attacks. And what what is this about? How do we fix it? I don't know. I don't know the right <laughs> question to ask about it. I mean, Again, when we compare you and I, our childhood, yeah. to like my son, your son's childhood, I mean, it's night and day. I couldn't even imagine if I was born 2000 and, and to present. Because yeah. it's like, we just didn't have all that stimuli. Mm-mm. We just didn't. All we had was TV. So I'm watching Nickelodeon. Yeah. Um, it was positive. Literally, yeah. I'm watching I'm watching shows on Nickelodeon and Disney. Yeah. Um, and that's it, because we don't have, you know, the cell phone or mm-hmm. anything. Um, or I'm just physically talking to my friends in the neighborhood, jump roping, yes, whatever. Riding high bikes. Seek, riding by, yeah. Popping wheel. <laughs> and again, none of that's like that anymore. None. Everybody's looking on their phone. I mean, 
the amount of stimuli they get, I, I wouldn't doubt. And so even for when I see all those little kids and they have the tablets in their hand, I just be like, take it away, take it away because it's over. And then that kid is going to be harder for them to get to sleep at night. It's going to be harder for them to engage in other fun because it's the overstimulation. And if they, and then when you take the stimulation away and they don't have anything to overstimulate their minds 24 seven, cause they can't just ride a bike or jump rope like we did. I mean, which I would imagine you out literally, <laughs> which I would imagine your brain is like, oh, I need something to stimulate me. And it's like, oh, just sit here and just watch TV. It's like, that's not good enough. Uh, and then anxiety. Wow. Essentially. Yes. So, so when you see one year olds with their little iPads, yeah. like, can't they just play with some toys? Some trucks? Yeah, some little some... circles that you yeah, used to put on the pole. Can't we do? <laughs> um, I am talking to. Speaking with, excuse me, Dr. Lauren Downing. I love to say that. <laughs> I love that you love to say that. I do. I, do. Um, I like it. Anytime I get to sit down <laughs> with a professional woman who is well-spoken and intelligent, I love, I gotta, I gotta give oh, you all your props. Thank you. Like, you, you own it. So I gotta. I'm loving it. This is fun. <laughs> so we're talking about today trauma at a young age. Um, so we've been talking about what, what trauma therapy looks like and the numbers with suicides with our babies and how our village can help. Um, I want to ask in your professional opinion. Do you think today's music, social media, and even gaming have played a pivotal role in how young people see themselves mm. and what they aspire to be? Yes. Mm. Absolutely. That was easy. That yeah. was easy. Yeah, it was very easy. Um, when I even see my son watching stuff on YouTube, it's like, I'm shocked because I'm like, what is that guy doing? And he's like, that's his job. He's a gamer. <laughs> he posts, he just posts videos of him playing games online. And I was like, and my son sits and does so the same he, thing. So he gets, well, yeah, he gets paid mom because, you know, he gets sponsors or, you know, for advertisements. And I'm like, so he just does that like all the time for like his job. And he's like, yeah. Hmm. Huh. Overstimulation. Overstimulation, but also that just kind of changes the landscape. So, yeah, I don't have yeah. to go to school or college. If I can get a good following on social media, get a good backing there, and then I can, you know, upload my dances or whatever people do. I don't know. Sorry, you all. I'm not on social media like that. I gave it up years ago. <laughs> but all that to be said, the little pieces that I do know of, yeah, that creates a whole different picture than what I was given when I was a kid. Right. What college you go into, what you trying to major in, can you get this full ride scholarship? It's now not, it's, that's I'm not. I'm just going to be an influencer. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to find a way to influence people and then I'm going to make millions. It's like, I mean, not that people can't do, do that, that, but it just, it's just a different, um, different landscape. And so how do parents... <laughs> How do parents talk to their, especially their teens? Because it's, you know, yeah. how do you have that conversation with them? Like, that's, I don't want to say it's quick money. It's a lot. It still I, takes a lot of hard work. work. Don't get me yes. wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Absolutely. It's almost like, is this a fad? Right, or right. that's one of those. I mean, technology will be around here to stay. So yeah. if they're willing to 
move with the groove and, you know, every all the new stuff that's going to come about and come out. I mean, I'm not knocking it, but still having those conversations with them about how hard you're going to work. What's your what's your game plan? Same question we ask a kid going to college. Yeah, you going you doing your master's degree? You just going to get this bachelor's, or you want to go to law school? You know, same questions. What's what's the steps what's look the like? Step? Yeah. What's your five? Yeah, what's plan? your five year plan? Oh, and do you feel like it's going to bring you happiness? Because I feel like we always forget to ask that. Are you happy? The, ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. I love to ask people in, in my dating. Mm-hmm. What brings you absolute joy? And they're like. Yeah, they're like, uh, and and I tell them you it can't be money mm, and it can't be your family. Mm, yeah. Can't be any kind of person. Right. Those two are independent the of those. And then it's like, I don't know. Mm. That is sad. That is sad. So that is something that we should ask our children. Yeah, absolutely. What brings you? Do you, you feel like you can do this for the long haul? And it's going to bring yeah. you a great amount of joy. You know, making people laugh or. Getting more subscribers or whatever you do. So, I mean, yeah. Man. So, how do we talk to our kids about the social media, news included, Mm. with the gaming and the trap music (laughs) and the sexually suggestive music and how it affects your psyche? Oof. Yeah. Mm. Because we already know, we've already talked about your mind being overstimulated and giving you anxiety. Yeah. How do you have that conversation to say you only get one hour or three hours of screen time? Yeah. I mean, I'm doing... Because now they're going through withdrawals. True. True. And then if they're going through withdrawals, it's like, yeah, how much has the parent allowed them to be engaged? You know, are we talking 10 to... I mean, you can typically look on yeah. a device to know how much time has been spent on that device for mm-hmm. how long. Um and so with that in mind, you know, in my household, it's not really a conversation. I mean, the rules, are the rules, uh, what I kind of explained to my child is that he, he hasn't bought any devices. He ain't paying for none. <laughs> I mean, I guess the different conversation is <laughs> they're the ones that are paying for their own iPads or um, cell phones. But otherwise it's kind of like, yeah, you know, um, I just been noticing some things. So we're just going to switch it up a bit. And when you come home from school, we're going to go ahead and turn that bad boy in, do something else. Anything. Well, what I'm supposed to do, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know. Figure it out. Yeah. Go play outside. Go run. We can make some cookies. I don't know, but turn it on in. Give it up. Give it up. Wow. Get, put it, put it, everybody put it in the basket. You know, that's what one of my good friends did. We get to her house. She just says, everybody put your phone in the basket. And it's like, I, I don't care because I don't really even be messing with my phone like that. But everybody's like, well, but no, I was trying to wait till I got this, um, you know, DM from someone's, you know, just weird stuff. But either way, it's like, yeah, you can actually be living in the moment when you're not on the device. So yeah, give it up. Overstimulating your mind. You're having intellectual conversations with people. Yes. And, and, and feeling people's energies and reading their facial expressions. Because now kids don't even have like social cues Yeah, because they're always looking down. Nothing. They don't know how to interact. Nothing. It's Jesus, sad. who would think that so much power would be held in this, this I mean, little I had a flip life. phone. It was my first phone. And so I often wish I could get my razor back because <laughs> <laughs> my magenta razor. Because it was great. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's too much. But yeah, I say just got to turn them in. Turn the phones in to turn that part of your brain off. Because trust me, you'll be stimulating that part of the brain for the next six months. <laughs> oh, wow. So what, because you know, with, especially with teens, 
when you go to hand that in, that conversation is somebody going to get hurt. True. Somebody may get I mean, and that's, and that's fine too. But I'm, 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 I tell my son, I'm doing this for you. That's what you, okay. on, let me just slide that. And he be holding, I'm not, <laughs> give it, give it, give it, it to, let give it go. Yeah. It's a Kung Fu grip. However, <laughs> let, let go, let go. Wow. And you can go downstairs and watch a movie even. I don't yeah. mind watching TV. That's fine. Watch your TV. But we're just not doing the electronics. We're just not. Okay. So, we, like we, we keep saying our, our childhoods were different. And one of those, uh, the other things that were different was bullying. I can't Ugh. really say I knew anybody that was getting bullied. I knew we, yeah, you know, there were certain people that we would quote unquote ride or, right, right. you know, you would be on the bus and, and doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's different. Right. So True. now when it's physical mm-hmm. now, and not to mention only physical, now it's social media. Mm-hmm. How do How do parents handle this and how do you talk to your kids about or get them to talk to you about the trauma that they're experiencing when they're away from you at school where they're supposed to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've worked with those clients too. And so again, some of sticking to the themes we've already talked about today, you know, keeping that door open, you know, asking them and even just as parents kind of picking up on what does their friend group look like? Can we have those friends over? What's that? Cause I've even worked with people who, the parents and the kid, this kid thinks these people are their friends. Mm-hmm. And when we got to the root of it, all of those girls were just around to make fun of her in her face. Yeah. And she was accepting that as the friendship she thought she deserved. And so we had a lot of conversations and really providing that kid with education about like, you know, that's not a true friendship. That's not what that looks like. You should feel good inside when you have, because she didn't have any of that knowledge. Mm-hmm. She was thinking that that was these four girls getting together, coming over to her house even and hanging out with her only to talk about her the whole time. And then like disinvited the girl to like a birthday party or something, you know, how the, yeah. all that which stuff, but either way, it was just like, yeah, real friends don't, don't do that. Mm-hmm. That's not how they're going to be showing up for you. And she just had no clue because mom had never shown her the way she had never introduced her to this is what a good friend does. They're going to support you. They're yeah. going to be your hype person, going to be your ride or die. They're going to make you feel good about yourself. So she was thinking that that was what it was. She had no clue. Had no she indication. saw her mother being treated that yeah, way. Probably. True. Yeah. And so we had to really lay out the foundation and rework all of that because she just didn't have a clue. And so I say that all to say you know, talking with your kids about what they deserve. Not only are we telling them they're special, they're great. Obviously, we love them in all things. And because you're all of that, this is what you deserve. Right. Anything that looks anything opposite of what we just talked about, then that's not for you. Wow. Because they get wrapped up in these people and these play, and they want to look cool or whatever. Like, I want to go to the party, and so I'm going to do whatever. And it's like, no, we're not compromising ourselves for anybody. Right. And if those people are telling you to do so, those are not your friends. So how, how have children gotten so mean that, that they think that mm-hmm. it's okay and think it's funny yeah, to sit around, cool. yeah, to talk about somebody and hurt somebody's feelings. How did we get that far? And how do you, how do you help a teen stop being 
that mean? I know. I yeah, um, that's what I thought. I thought, geez, what happened to these girls? Like, and do your parents know how mean you're mean being? You are. Right. Or is that is that your foundation? Do you feel like that is how you're supposed to treat, or is that how you've seen people be treated, or is that how you are treated at home? You know, there's all these different ways you can slice it. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the what's the family life looking like at home for that person? Which is often it's like, oh, I get abused at home, and so then I therefore just, go out in the world or go to school, and I hurt other people. Um, so it can go a lot of different ways, but I often do think like, oh, dang, what happened to that kiddo that they thought that was okay? Or who taught who taught them that? Yes. Or what traumas have they had? So. Oh, I'm going to ask this. Do you think that... I don't even know how to ask it and not sound like a butthole. Um, <laughs> you can sound like a butthole, and I'm sure you won't sound like a butthole. Do you think sometimes maybe parents, before they start having children, need to go through therapy so they're not passing down all? Because that sounds like stuff that you're just oh, yeah. passing down to your kid, and it by the time it gets to your kid. Because you've gotten it from your mama's mama's mama. And now by the time it gets down to to Janie, uh-huh. Janie's a bad girl with her, she with her mouth. Play, yeah. She's cutting. Yeah. She's cutting throats. Yeah. Without a knife. Yeah. So it's almost like maybe before you decide that that's the route. You're, you yeah. want to take. Are we producing good humans? Yes. <laughs> I didn't know how to say that in the right way. Um, No, you. Because it's just trauma. It's almost like trauma. Is it? Could it be compared to trauma bonding? Generational trauma. We can say that. Mm. Yep. Yep. So somebody's got to break the chain. Basically. And so that's the thing, too. I mean, it's a. It's hard to do what you just tried to say. I have tried to package that in a way that is not completely hurtful to yes. a parent, but yes, it is kind of a conversation of like, I mean, I don't really think I need to see your kid. I mean, it's more like if I just give you some better tools and you employ those at home, I think we'll be okay. Yes. <laughs> like you sending him saying they need to come three times a week. No, it was you. They're not suicide. No, they don't. I think I just need to talk to you about what you aren't doing right, right. At, at home. And I know that's hard for parents to hear, and they don't want to hear that. But 95% of the time, it's like, I'm not with, I don't live with y'all. So even though if I'm seeing them three times a week, if you ain't following up with the stuff mm. that I've already done in session, then everything we've done doesn't really matter. Mm. Are you going to be able to encourage them the way I did for 60 minutes today at home every day when as soon as they wake up until the moment they go to sleep well then what I did for 60 minutes with them today just went out the door yeah and you hope that a little piece of it stopped Absolutely. in some kind of way sure sure and but I'm sure. as we all know for most people especially kids the negative outweighs the positive mm-hmm. and so although they're happy to come see Miss Lauren <laughs> once a week for 60 minutes and they look forward to that Whatever they're not getting at home, uh, I, I can't correct that. Unless no. the parent wants to come, come and be like, in. I want to do better. 
Now yeah. we're talking. Now we're Have talking. a seat. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's talk about it. <laughs> they did, the kids just don't get that way. I know a lot of no. people are like, oh, they're just that's just this generation. And then I'll be no. looking at I'll be thinking to myself, what, what have you done? done? <laughs> or what have we done? Because I feel like as a village that we have failed them yeah. some kind of way yeah. along the time, you know, along this time span. And and it hurts me because I'm like, well, how do we get it back? How do we fix it? Because, mm-hmm. you know, some people are like, well, we don't do that no more. We we moved on. And it's like, but those were good things. That right. weren't, I get moving forward. But can we take some of those the stuff the that did work? That did yeah. work. We're not doing corporate punishment no more. Yeah. Yes, we're leaving that in the past. <laughs> um, but are we still finding ways to discipline our kids in a meaningful way? I mean, I know a lot of, especially in black families, you know, and it's not illegal to spank your kids. Yeah. But, you know, are they going to be doing what's right after that? Um, moving forward, was Let that all you need to voice? do? Yeah, because you know, back in the day, it was you speak when you talk to exactly stay out of grown folk. Don't be talking back, right? But now it's like, but it's a different landscape, and kids, as we've talked about today, have a lot more going on, and we do want to provide space and time for them to express themselves because there, there's a lot going on for them, a lot more than yes. was going on for us, for sure. So, with the parenting. Do you feel like, in your professional opinion, let me put it that way, because she is a professional, y'all. Um, do you think that parents put too much expectations on their children because they want them to meet or exceed a social standard that has, in turn, become an underlying trauma traumatizes your kid? Do you know, mm. do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think so. You know, like you want them to be the best of the best. Right. But it, you've pushed them so hard yeah. that now it's too much, it's too much mm-hmm. pressure and it traumatizes them. In yeah. The end. Yeah. And then often people want to just give up after that. I mean, who wouldn't? Right. Um, it would lose all its joy. Yes. And so you see a lot with um, kiddos who go like the sport route. Yes. You know, if they're really active and dedicated and instead of we're trying to make it to you know, not only to college, but we're trying to go all the way and go to the pros and stuff. You know, I've had those parents. Um, I have that parent who would get very wrapped up in just that versus like, again, are you still happy doing it? Because there comes a point where there's so much pressure on it. It's not going to be enjoyable. You're not going to be able right. to go out and have fun when you're on the court or on the field because it's too much. You come I, know, home. I know they're looking in the stand or, you know, I know they're going to have something negative to say. And therefore, when we're at that point and it's just always an argument or a very, very harsh, um, almost emotionally abusive criticism. Mm-hmm. That probably means it needs to be given up. Honestly, it's not worth it. I agree. I agree. I was watching today a show. It's a documentary. I haven't quite finished it. Um, it's called Black Boy. Mm, I've heard about it. It's good. It mm. came out in 2020, I think it was. Um, but um, they were that was one of the things that mm. the black boys and men uh-huh. on there were talking about was how all they ever saw on TV or aspired to be right was something in sports, mm. and of course it was for entertainment of. <laughs> Other people. Right. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. And how they didn't, if they didn't 
meet those Dude. expectations that they didn't know who they were. Yeah. Because zero was, identity. They have zero. Like they were attached to football, basketball, or whatever, what sport it was. And when they didn't have it, that was it. Yeah. And it was sad. It was like, that's all you focus on. Like there's other aspects to you. Right. Besides this one thing. That's one now, single piece. One single piece. And they didn't know who they were. Mm. Like when they finished, you know, or got hurt. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do I do now? now? I have nothing. I have no backup plan. This I'm is who else. I am. Yeah. And they were, there were a lot of, a lot of them that was just lost. Yeah. And it was really, really sad and traumatizing for them because mm-hmm. it's like, I don't, I don't know imagine. what to do. Yeah. It's crazy. Listen, on our last bit, we are talking about trauma at a young age and we have Dr. Lauren here with us giving mad knowledge <laughs> Thanks. and <Okay>. perspective <laughs> and how we should handle the situations that our babies are going through right now of gun violence and suicide and bullying and social media and um, overstimulation and sexuality. Like mm. we are getting, they're getting so much before they're before like, before they're even <laughs> crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, have you, well, you said you're not on social media. Well, the new thing that's on social media is these little girls. They got to oh. be four or five. Um, singing this, her name is Sexy Red. Okay. Um, doesn't sound like they should be singing anything. Yeah, if you heard sexy, if you heard the song, which I can't say, I don't think. Yeah, I can't say the words on that song. <laughs> but this little four-year-old girl is Four. sitting there singing this song, and the parents are sitting there recording, recording it. And of course, it's gone viral because everybody's sharing it like, oh, my God, can you believe this? And I'm like, but y'all, you're doing exactly what the parent wanted to be done is for it to go viral because y'all keep sharing it. And it's a four year old baby girl. Like there's nothing there's nothing. If it's not cute, why are you sharing it? Literally. It's like, I don't, I don't get it. But I've had to talk a lot with parents about being age appropriate. Which I don't think there is anymore. No. Kids aren't kids. Which is literally. I mean, I know I was a latchkey kid, but that was as far as it went. Right. (laughs) You know, don't answer the uh, don't answer the door. Don't answer the phone. None of it. That was I wasn't even checking the mail. Right. (laughs) You come in this house, you lock the door behind you, you sit it, do your homework. Literally. Now it's got the TV on after you don't your homework. Yeah. And now it's just like parents will say anything around their kids and and so I'm not talking to them like, okay, that that those are conversations. like were they in the room when you talking? They're like, Yeah. I'm like, Yeah, no. You you should not be saying any of that around On here, twelve kid. year old. That's not appropriate. So where do you find the balance between keeping that open conversation, uh, keeping ha- having open and honest conversations, healthy conversations? Yeah, and not being their friend, not being your little friend. <laughs> right, right. As our community <laughs> was saying, <laughs> yeah. I'm one of your little friends. Yeah, but facts. How do you find that balance so that? you almost a friend but you're not yeah but they feel comfortable coming to you when something's wrong and say hey this is happening yeah i mean it is a fine balance certainly absolutely um and i preface a lot of it with and i encourage a lot of the parents that i serve to really still come at them as like you know i am 
your mother and mm-hmm. I'm here for you because I love you. And so, you know, I'm just like to check in. How you feeling today? What you doing? Or did you talk to that girl or do you think she likes you? You know, keeping it light and in a way that I'm still your parent. Mm-hmm. However, I really do love and care about you. I want to know what's going on in your life. Right. You know, if you're thinking about even if you are thinking about having sex or wanting to kiss a girl, I mean, to a degree, I can discuss that with you and then we can go to your local pediatrician and have some additional conversations. But at the same time, you know, as long as they're not cursing at you and you're not cursing at them, I think that's when it gets a little inappropriate, which parents don't mind and they allow that. And that's a way that their kiddo expresses themselves. Then so be it. But at the same time, you know, we're not being disrespectful, but I want you to know I'm your mother and I'm here for you. And so whatever you feel comfortable sharing with me, please share. Because I want to support you. And if you There's don't nothing want wrong with that, talk to me, call the good auntie, or call, I was gonna say, call the best friend. Absolutely. <laughs> or you find this conversation with you and dad, let me go get it. Hey. hey. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't feel comfortable, mom. I have this issue. Say less. Um, dad, let's, let's call. Let's call dad. Let's get dad. We're, we're calling in the, the people, out and, we're, and we're talking about sex. Let's talk. I want to touch a little bit on sexual trauma. Because that's mm. another big thing. Yes. Um, in communities, especially in ours, where that's... the person still comes around and we yeah. act like they ain't fine thing. and hate they're not a perp. But right. They are. But they are. So why do we or in your in your professional opinion, <laughs> why do we as a society blame the victim, whether it be intentional or non-intentional by asking what she was wearing or how, what was their behavior? Were they acting sexually in a sexual manner towards the other person? Because we will ask that of kids, little kids. Like, what was you shaking your booty in front? Like, She's seven. And like I've told many a clients, I don't care if you're walking around naked. Nobody deserves to touch you ever. Right. I agree. Wholeheartedly. Period. And they be looking at me and I'm looking at them. Like it doesn't matter. Period. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Nope. They don't have a right. Doesn't matter. They're the adult. I agree. So how do you, how, how, how do you talk to your kid about that when you have to, See that person at Thanksgiving, 4th of July, Christmas. How do you have that conversation or help them cope with the trauma of seeing that person and everybody acting like nothing happened? Like you lying. Right. I mean, depending on the family dynamics, it can go a lot of different ways. But I am client-centered. I am person-centered. I'm all about nobody having to endure any pain they don't have to. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I have those serious, serious conversations with parents and children. You know, do you want to be affiliated with this with this person? You don't have to be. I mean, I can talk a lot with my parents and kids about. Again, generational trauma. Mm -hmm. So I hate that your cousin did that to you. They were probably hurt. I hate that your uncle may have done that to you. They were probably hurt. Needless to say, that is not excuse what they did. Right. And so moving forward, 
do you want them to be part of your life or are you ready to cut ties because you don't feel comfortable right now and you need more time to heal, um, to have some more growth or what does that look like? Mm-hmm. What would bring your heart the most contentment? Cause it's, it's hard. Like no one wants to be re-traumatized by having right. to be in the same room with that person. Everybody's acting like everything is normal. Mm-hmm. That invalidates the survivor yes. of the trauma. Um, and so we had a lot of, co- I've had a lot of tough conversations about how families or how a mother and father and a child want to navigate some of that. And, you know, it, sometimes it's been like, well, you know, mom's going to be upset if I don't come to Thanksgiving. And so dad, sometimes the family will divide and then one will go to one aunt and uncles. And then the dad will go off to see his mom who may have been part of something, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that looks like, some will divide. Sometimes those parents will stand firm with their child and say, you know, well, then we'll just do something else. We'll do our own thing. Right. And I think there's never, I've never not seen a kid look just immensely supported and they just have this look of almost glee and joy on their face because I can tell that they feel like, and I know what they're thinking to themselves is that their parents chose them. Yes. They chose them over anybody else. Granted, other family, we love all of our family, but we all have a duty to protect our children at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I take that over everything. And so I don't care if it is aunt, an uncle or whoever, I'm going to choose my child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when the parent chooses the child, I mean, it's just like this weight's been lifted off the kid's shoulders. You can just see it on their face. And yeah. So, it's I'm, always nice to see, but because you the, you you are expecting them to yeah you're supposed to be protecting me you're supposed to, be, yeah. to say you love me like or somebody to say she she did the, or he yeah. or she did something yeah to make that happen right and it's like no it's not your no. fault it's, and I'll show yeah and you know what I choose you so we ain't going there we just won't go mm-mm-mm. well I guess you touched on it as far as why do we continue to bring or be around those predators. Mm. Like what, what is it that, that makes us just be like, I know, let's just keep, let's just keep on keeping on. Yeah. It's like, Oh, can we? And I mean, even when I think back to like my grandmother, who was the matriarch of our family, you know, for the older, wiser ones, I know they had a lot of roles to play. You know, mm-hmm. they're trying to navigate, trying to keep right together. We're hosting the holidays, all that kind of stuff. And so it is very convoluted, I mm-hmm. guess we can say. Um, but, yeah, to me, I've always felt like, yeah, regardless, if somebody's a perp or a pedophile, then, like, yeah, no, they don't have a place in this room. But like I said, from a clinical mental health standpoint, what I do know is that hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. Um and I still feel like even with knowing that, like, then should we not give Uncle Joe this um, ultimatum of like, if you don't go get some help, right. then you're not going to be around. You know what I mean? You can't be with with us or you can't be with the kids or whatever that looks like to just still stop the generational trauma. trauma. Otherwise, the cycles will will continue forever, period. And so who's going to. Is it going to be the matriarch, the patriarch? the Like, who's going to finally put their foot down and be like, okay, I'm not letting not another generation of this family, it. yes, have to experience this type of the sexual trauma. Because it almost becomes it. like a, a rite of passage. Literally. Like, oh, well, he did it to me, so guess what Right, well, he did it to me, too. And everybody's like, like what? What? <laughs> and it's like, wow. So we have the aunt, we have the cousin, and... We have the newest little grandbaby. Yeah. 
then now everybody's watching. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's so deep. My head hurts on that part. <laughs> it's like uh-huh. it's so much. It's so much to unpack, especially when it comes to the kids. It is. And like I said, I understand hurt people hurt people, so I'm not knocking and those individuals who have hurt kids or hurt other people sexually they need help too yeah they certainly do i'm not knocking that but do they get to be invited to the family functions knowing that they have the propensity to cause another person in the room depending on their age trauma which can lead to ptsd right no or suicide or yeah them all of that out, all of that yeah you know. run away whatever however they're going to express the, what they've experienced do they have the right to be in that room putting whatever child at risk? And the answer to that is no. no. We always want to save a child. Yeah. It's a child. They have their whole life ahead of them. My goodness. I thank you <laughs> so much for being here. I'm happy that I came. It was a good conversation. I enjoyed it. Yay! It was heavy, though. It was heavy. It was heavy, but we had a little laugh. We did. We, we did. Little... Especially thinking back to childhood, childhood. jumping yeah. rope. That was a good one. That was that a good was a one. Good we had some good ones. We just had to, you know, get a little heavy a little bit. Yes, because true. these are the things that people don't talk about. True. Knowledge is power. Actually, in public, they want to say it behind closed doors, but I want to rip the band-aid off and bring it to the light so we can fix it yeah or at least start you, asking the right questions you, to fix yes it. when you know better you do better and yes. that's what i want i want us to do better and i want us to have a platform to say what's happening and how we can do better yeah and move forward i love that so um i got some time can you tell people how they may find you if they want to come talk or bring their baby to you <laughs> yeah yeah for sure so you can head over to our website www.ticticcoflexington.com um or feel free to even shoot me an email i'm never mad at that so that's l downey at uh the tick of lexington.com as well She's the bomb, y'all. She's the bomb. If y'all missed her, if you if she sounds familiar, oh, she yeah. was on our bay and bays and bourbon. So fun. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and I thank you, thank you, thank you so much for thank being here. Thank you for having me. I always love to talk about trauma. It is my passion. It's difficult work to do, but yeah, I'm just happy to be part of the good fight. Well, I'm going I'm going to bring you back because we're going to be fighting some more. We're going to fight some more. <laughs> And I want to thank you for listening to Thick and Fabulous with Chantella Whitfield. Time to yourself. Give yourself some grace.